Kiss. Tell you what's good, it's a good thing we live close because I almost suffocated in that car. Next time I won't wear so much Paco Rabini or whatever. Hello, welcome to Prince Strike by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Dream Factory from Crystal Ball, recorded mid to late 1985 at Sunset Sound and released on the 29th of January 1998, though obviously in terms of release dates with Crystal Ball, <laughs> you know, you could you could call 1-800-NEW-FUNK and buy it on that day, but I, I don't know if you would have had it delivered for another three or four months. <laughs> um, on the track, you've got Prince and you've got Susanna, and the track itself is three minutes and six. And joining me to talk about today is Stephen G. Forward. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Um, in terms of a genre, I don't really know what to call this because um, obviously it's recorded just at the point... I mean, it's recorded before Parade. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And obviously Dream Factory itself was an album that Prince was thinking of releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd started to gather some of the tracks that would be on there, some of which stretched back as far as 1982. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I can never take your, the place of your man, that kind of thing so like he was really you know what what eventually turns into sign of the times um started out as dream factory you know something that obviously i discussed a little bit when i was you know talking about those songs and sign of the times mm-hmm. um and you know also on dream factory was the track sign of the times and crystal ball uh, both of which <laughs> obviously <laughs> ended up as the names of other songs but then you have stuff like um you know movie star um and the cross um, you know, strange relationship, starfish and coffee. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of kind of Camille tracks that were on there originally, right? right. Um, and mm-hmm. and then obviously there's also a lot of songs that became you know sign of the times, and there's still some that are unreleased. Mm-hmm. This song itself, I mean, it obviously if you listen to it, it sounds like you know 1986 Prince. You know, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it has it has that production sound of. Um, you know, uh, Susan Rogers and Prince at Sunset Sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, no, no other people around. Just really those two, and then you know, Susanna doing some kind of. Um, I mean, she's credited as backing vocals, but I think she's really only on the chorus line. Uh, um, yes. When you, you know, when you when you hear when you hear the words, "This is what it's like inside the Dream Factory," you can hear a female voice in there, and I think that's the only thing that Susanna is kind of contributing to it. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, it's mostly Prince by himself. Um, you know, and a lot of the songs that were going to be on Dream Factory were, were recorded, you know, at the Kiowa Trail. They were recorded at the Galpin Boulevard, mm-hmm. Washington Avenue Warehouse, like all the different kind of locations where Prince had recorded in the 80s. <laughs> you know, you had all these different songs that were going to be part of this this album. Um, and then, you know, the album was abandoned. Um, you know, there was a track listing as late as the 18th of July, 1986. So, mm. you know, it's around the time that Parade had already been released and, you know, Prince was obviously thinking about his next album, as he often was doing um, in the 80s. You know, whenever an album was out, Prince was already 10 tracks deep into the next one. Mm. Um, and so, you know, kind of the album got abandoned and then some of the tracks were siphoned off for, you know, what was going to be Camille. And then the rest of the tracks were reconfigured and, and new songs were added for, you know, what was going to be Sign of the Times. And then as Camille was abandoned, you know, half the songs from Camille then ended up back on Sign of the Times. Yeah. And eventually, you know, Warner Brothers kind of relented and said, yes, you can release a double album. And so, <laughs> and so we finally we finally got Sign of the Times. Um, but, you know, I think this song is quite interesting because that abandoned idea, like this album being abandoned, I feel like the song kind of 
halfway through feels like it was abandoned by Prince. Like, Absolutely. Um, it ends very abruptly at the end. Absolutely. Um, you know, you just kind of get the words, this is what it's like inside the Dream Factory. And then it's kind of just like, you know, and then and then that changes to, I guess I'm just a sucker for the Dream Factory. And then that's just the end of the song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... And so I think it's interesting because, you know, um, I guess if I was to pick a genre, I would say it's kind of almost like a, you know, funk pop, I guess. Mm. You know, like a lot of the songs on Sign of the Times do kind of have that funk influence. Obviously, you know, Eric Lee's and Atlanta Bliss, kind of the influence of the the horns and kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, the jazz influence that they brought kind of seemed to send print in a slightly more kind of funky direction Mm. than it had been on, Mm -hmm. um, on, particularly on Parade, um, you know, which which has a jazz influence, but it's mostly, you know, kind of like, a, you know, like a kind of a very kind of almost like what Prince's father would have performed, like a very mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, kind of very kind of constrained jazz influence. Right. Whereas the stuff on Sign of the Times has a bit more. I'm thinking of stuff like Housequake, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of like a really kind of funky influence, you know, and a kind of a kind of funk jazz influence rather than. And this song kind of. I think it's hard for me to pick a genre because halfway through the song, it does kind of feel like Prince has just stopped caring. So, <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, completely agree. And I agree, agree with you. I think for me, it's almost the difference between the revolution and the no-name band in terms of the way that they they played music. So it was more four on the floor with, say, mountains. And so it's a little more constrained, as you said. But like with the Sign of the Times album, that configuration, there's more air. And definitely in the, um, the concert video where there's, the horns are a little more freer and he's actually recording around that time. He's doing music from an abandoned project called the flesh um, stuff that kind of yeah. like predated Madhouse in terms of its free flowing sensibility. So yeah, it's, it's, I'd call it, I wrote down, actually you wrote, you said funk pop. I wrote pop funk. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's what I wrote with it. So that's the genre I would take with it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess, I guess I could say it, let's, let's put it like this. It feels looser than anything the revolution would have done. Like the revolution oh, felt a lot more kind of regimented and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot kind of tighter and whereas the band that play on Sign of the Times, they are they are kind of tight in terms of, you know, when Prince points at them, they they hit, you know, they hit their mark. But but it feels a lot looser when they're on stage than anything the revolution did. There seemed to be more collab what you mentioned earlier about collaboration and MPG horns versus, say, Alana Bliss and Eric Leeds. There's more of a collaborative sense with the no name band, the Love Sex Sign of the Times yeah. Love Sexy band. There seems to be more collaborative. You know, they can point to them. And Ashley Prince said, I think in a musician magazine in 1988, that I think that's it, where he says, Revolution is a cold band and they could really play something like Darling Nikki, but this this band could do anything. And that's, yeah. And so yeah. that's a really powerful thing to say when you have, you know, they're actually doing other songs. They're doing some of other Prince's um, music from his other catalog, his former catalog. And so there is, there's just more elasticity, I think, with the no name band. In terms of their, how yeah. they played, and they never had a name, <laughs> so you know they, yeah. <laughs> they predated and the I th- power I think, generation, and they. I think it's <clears throat> interesting as well because, like, that kind of looseness kind of is on this song. Like, it just mm-hmm. kind of feels a bit more like Prince kind of trying to work out some ideas. And maybe if Warner Brothers had said yes to Dream Factory as a project, he would have done a bit more recording and maybe he would have brought the horns in. And, you know, maybe there would have been a bit more collaboration and it would Mm -hmm. have kind of become a tighter song. But as it is, it just feels like this is, you know, the first run through of. Yeah, it's an iteration of a song. Prince has this idea. 
Yeah, he he has like the words Dream Factory written down <laughs> and, you know, he, he has some lyrics kind of scribbled down and he's like, you know, and even in the song, you know, he has stuff like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, party all night hanging out in the streets more than I, mm-hmm. I'd be at home. I yes. take a pill to wipe away my doubts, but the <laughs> pill can't cure my being alone. Like, it feels like that. This is it. This is Prince up all night, kind of partying, and mm-hmm. at the end of it, this is the song that he's kind of come <laughs> up with, and and you know he's telling us this is what it's like inside the Dream Factory, and you have to say to yourself, well, what on earth is the Dream Factory? And if this is what it feels like, I'm not sure that I really want to, um, you know, be in this particular factory. It's um, a, yeah. And, see, I I think he's playing a character here. Um, and that he is the character that he's playing or sort of mocking would be someone like Morris Day. It's even the thin, 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 thin. It sort of reminds me of a time song, the way he's singing it. But also, I know around this time, he's um, the, 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 the time is disbanded. Um, Morris Day's already released an album. Um, at I think in one of the parade concerts, he's actually making fun of, um, or at a Sheila E concert, he's doing the oak tree, but he's actually calling the, the, um, the wooden leg, he's chopping it down. When Prince <laughs> makes fun of people in his songs, the songs feel empty. They feel like, well, forget about you then. And he doesn't go back to them because there's not a lot of architecture in the song to kind of build it up. He references yeah. Holly Rock here, you know, the She Lee song from Crush Groove, which yeah. really odd song. I'm, I, do, I do like it, but it's an odd song. Um, yeah, I think he's making fun of the folks who party. And remember at this time, Prince was, being, is, was, was seen as clean he didn't take drugs he didn't drink which which turned out to be you know not the truth you know around that time but that was the image that he presented so even in the song pop life he said you know where does all your money go <laughs> yes, you know and, absolutely and kind of implying that other people are, are taking drugs and spending <laughs> their money on drugs when you know prince is prince is not doing that um so yeah he did have like a, a very clean image at this particular time um, and, you know, I, I mean, I think it's an interesting song because, you know, there are there are some ideas that I feel like maybe Prince have returned to the song mm-hmm. and develop them a bit more and mm-hmm. kind of turn this into, you know, like a six minute title track. Okay. Maybe it would have it, the, the song would have felt a bit more kind of substantial. What did you like about it? Mm-hmm. What I, I mean, it's weird because what I like is Prince's young voice. This is that sounds weird, but like <laughs> the print, the print, the Prince of like eighty six, eighty seven. Like the sound mm-hmm. that he, the the sound that his vocals have on, um, you know, on Sign of the Times. Mm-hmm. That vocal sound is probably my favorite kind of like Prince sound. And you okay. know the fact that he used part of it to kind of come up with Camille and mm-hmm. well, I feel like Susan Susan Rogers and Sunset Sound they have like a specific thing that they seem to bring out in Prince mm. and particularly you know obviously in 86 what is prince you know like in his mid 20s yeah and i feel i feel like you kind of you get that youthfulness on this on this song um you know and he sounds he, i mean he's obviously I, I mean i'm saying he abandoned the song halfway through but it, you know he finishes the song properly it's not like right i mean i'm just kind of but you know you, you get the kind of the enthusiasm of you know something that's kind of like on housequake you know like that kind oh. of yeah you know the kind of the, the sides and you know this song has a lot of stuff going kind of on top of each other and mm-hmm. you know that that kind of stuff is is from you know the kind of stuff that is around this kind of time period of prince of you know just kind of you know the the kind of the experimentation oh but definitely uh, with his just, voice uh, uh, 
Yeah, and I, I think I think that's the thing that always appeals to me at this time, you know. And it's the same with you know the, the kind of the stuff off the Black Album, you know that 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 kind of that kind of twenties Prince voice yeah. is something that's slightly different from when he when he gets a bit older. His you know his range gets a little bit kind of he, like his main singing range goes down a little bit, mm-hmm. and I don't think we ever kind of really get back to. To, to this kind of you know this kind of prince I mean I guess probably I guess you could categorize this type of prince as the skinny mother with the high voice which is yeah, that, you know yeah. um, that's 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 kind of like that's kind of the character that he kind of and even this this song finishes with just a sucker mother <laughs> <laughs> you know so and I, I I think after a certain point prince kind of you know he became a little bit more religious a bit safer mm-hmm. and you know he didn't kind of put out these songs that were kind of you know this experimental or kind of you know the, mm. the first take this is what this feels like it feels like this is the first uh. and i think you know as prince kind of you know stuff in the 90s particularly stuff that's on um brave into the joy fantastic yes feels a little overproduced it feels like prince went back to songs from the vault and just kept adding more and more stuff on and mm. it ends up flattening the song out a little bit whereas this kind of feels like a moment you know it feels like whatever day prince recorded this on like this was just his thoughts for that day, and that's and that's what you're getting is just you know kind of undiluted prints. It's funny because for me it starts with Erotic City, you know, where you've got a range of voices inside of that, including Sheila E's. You've got Prince playing with his voice. I agree with you; it is definitely playful. It's a playful, youthful, um, unique sound. It was almost like a signature, you know. Um, but I, yeah, yeah. I, so. What you made me think of earlier was, and it's um, it's on the um, Prince Vault um, website, where this song sounds like what Susanna said she had driven um, she a pencil color sketches she made in '86 of what what it was like for an album cover, and it was kind of diffuse and it's you know it's it's eh, it's, it's it doesn't feel formed. That's what the song doesn't feel formed to me in that particular sketch looks or those sketches look like yeah they were still working out the idea and i felt like it was a metaphor for these songs some of them that appeared including um dream factory as i mentioned earlier to you off um recording i love the title dream factory and i wanted the album dream factory and i wanted it to be as many albums you could get with dream factory because i thought the dream factory is largely prince's um playground to create all this music with these different artists and to do to be all these different kinds of personas, you know, that he was still sort of developing at the time. But the song is is the promise of something. <laughs> it's the promise yeah. of something. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because obviously, you know, he's recording this just before Warner Brothers have agreed to build Paisley Park. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like if, you know, in another life, if Dream Factory had been the album that came out in 87 and had been in like a big hit or, you know, a critical success or, and you look at, you look at the track listing for some of the, you know, the versions of Dream Factory mm-hmm. and, you know, they have enough, they have enough of Sign of the Times on them and Camille and, mm-hmm. you know, other tracks that formed Sign of the Times, you know, that obviously was a critical, you know, critical success mm-hmm. that I feel that maybe Prince would have said, oh, well, my new studio is called Dream Factory instead of Paisley Park. You know, ah. it feels like there's maybe, you know, a kind of, it, that's that's kind of what it feels like is if Dream Factory had been a finished product and kind of been out there and been a success that maybe that would have been the name because you know that's maybe that is how he thought of yeah you know maybe that's how he thought of Paisley Park anyway as a Dream Factory um, I always find it weird though because you know a factory suggests some kind of like drudgery right cogging <laughs> along you know chugging along <laughs> well, yeah well and so some... it's like you know he- 
Henry T. Ford has got his <laughs> production line that's creating dreams. Just doesn't feel right. It feels like <laughs> two kind of contradictory ideas, which I think is, you know, is kind of something that Prince would always do anyway, is put two words together that don't really fit together. And I feel like Dream Factory, are, you know, are those two words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, but I also it's worth saying as well, you know, if you if you've ever listened to the album Exodus yeah. uh, mm-hmm. by the New Power Generation, an album that I will not be covering because it was released by someone called Tora Tora and not by Prince. <laughs> um, and so on that, there is a, there's a, there's a little kind of segue called DJ gets jumped mm-hmm. um, where I, I think it's, it's Sunny T. I think it's Sunny beaten T. up by some people. Yeah. yeah. And in the background, <laughs> you can hear the, the chorus line of this is what it's like inside the dream factory, like very quietly uh-huh. as if it's like inside the club and it's, and this is the DJ outside the club getting jumped. Wow. Um, you know, and so obviously <laughs> You know, Prince still kind of remembered the song in, you know, 10 years after he'd recorded it and kind of put it on that, you know, this this New Power Generation album, um, you know, before obviously putting it onto Crystal Ball, mm-hmm. um, you know, which, uh, you know, obviously Crystal Ball is just kind of, you know, odds and ends from various albums. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really have any kind of overall theme, though. It's interesting that, you know, Dream Factory um, follows, you know, the title track Crystal Ball, and obviously both of those are from around the same kind of time, and mm-hmm. you know the similar projects. So it's interesting that Prince decided to open Crystal Ball with the names of two abandoned projects. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that were kind of superseded by Sign of the Times. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so obviously for, for fans, Prince is maybe saying, look here, you know, here's here's two possible ideas <laughs> of what 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 the album might have been in 1987 and let's see what 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 comes of it you know and you're just playing and you have all these different um songs that you know it's interesting how sign of the times feels it feels organic and it feels fun because you know back then we didn't have social media we didn't have this kind of information uh, except for an article here in spin or rolling stone or cream or whatnot but i remember feeling like oh okay visions oh okay dream factory oh, okay what are these songs and the sign, the sign, sign of times is so iconic for me. And so when I first heard the opening, you know, all of that, I love the fact that there were so many, there's such a story history around this album and wonder how yeah. these songs would have appeared and um, would have settled into our imaginations around that time. And, you know, that's a good theorizing. He might've Paisley Park could have been the dream factory. <laughs> it could have yeah. been. The dream I mean, factory. or, or, or it could have been the crystal ball, or it, <laughs> like it could, it, or it could have been any, or, yeah. yeah, yeah, there could have been any, like it could have been anything. I always think it's interesting that he called it Paisley Park because that doesn't strike me as like one of his more iconic songs, or the fact that he called this label Paisley Park. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I just find that interesting that that's one of the ideas that he kind, that kind of stuck around with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, the, the the fact that it's a it's a factory that creates dreams is such a kind of weird <laughs> contradiction. And I think this is the thing is like you'll see those words and then when you hear the song you're like this doesn't like this doesn't feel like it's the song that you thought it was going to be. Uh, nope. um, and I think maybe for that reason that's why I, pro- I could probably only give it about a 3 out of 5, you know. Um like it's an interesting idea and I, I love the sound of Prince's voice of this time. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always going to enjoy anything that was kind of from 1986. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, like, you're looking for something more from the song. And it, especially the fact that it just kind of abruptly stops and then says, this is what it's like inside the Dream Factory, like a few times. Like, there's no real mm-hmm. chorus. There's just these kind of rambling verses. And then it, then the song just stops and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it just, it just doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like maybe Prince needed to go back to it at a later date and kind of put more effort in, mm-hmm. but he just kind of, 
you know, maybe he listened to it another time and he was like, mm, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm done with this. I like, you know, I've already got like four other albums recorded. I need to, I need to think of those. I don't, I don't want to keep looking backwards. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with, I have three down here. It feels unfinished. And it, the reason why I chose to talk about the song is I actually wanted to re um, revisit it and think about it. It it's not a song that captures me. It's not a, it's not very dancey. It's just a little funk, you know, thought. <laughs> it's a little funky thought, you know, and it's like, okay. Almost like an introduction to us to another song, you know, so it, on its own it's yeah. not very um it's not very compelling. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, interestingly Prince did play it live in 1986. Obviously, you know, he was gearing up to do the album called Dream Factory, so maybe, mm-hmm. you know, he started including it on his tours you know, just to kind of maybe people to start hearing some of the new material. He did this, you know, quite a lot, you know, kind of in the mid to, to late 80s where he, when he had an idea of what the album was going to be, he would start performing songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after 1986, obviously once, once you know, the album had changed into Crystal Ball and then changed into Sign of the Times, <laughs> you know, by that point he kind of just stopped playing it live. So, uh, and I feel like it should go without saying, but nobody's covered the song, <laughs> um, and I'm not. I'm not even sure that you would be able to, because I feel like a lot of the what makes this song this song is is kind of in the production and the sound, mm. and I, I don't feel like someone doing a straight cover of just you know singing the words. This is what it's like inside the Dream Factory would really kind of, I, you yeah. know, it does. It's not really one to cover, is it? It doesn't seem like it, but you know, I'd be interested in seeing someone do it with. You know, and, and not really taking Prince's cues, but really like maybe taking the lyrics and doing something, you know, a little bit more exciting with them, I guess, you know, because yeah. there's something there. And, and for me, undeniably, there is just not fleshed out to me. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like we said about as much as we can about the Dream Factory. So let's uh, let's clock out and mm-hmm. uh, go to plugs. Go to plug. The um, June 1st and 2nd, the I Know Conference at um, the School of Engineering at New York University the 30th anniversary of the Let's Love Sexy um, album, the release, we will, I'm going to be presenting there on the spooky electric sound. I'm very excited about it. I look at the Black album, I look at Love Sexy, of course, and I look at some of Prince's release and unreleased songs to sort of flesh out this idea of what a spooky electric sound is, was, um, and what it appears to be. And I use a little bit of Carl Young, as well as I look at some African spirituality um things and so i'm excited about that you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitter at prince podcast or you could email us not sure why you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here steven you're more than welcome thank you for inviting me and otherwise goodbye. so you like my crib it's not mine it's ready say how much did you have to drink what's the bees like you've ever been in so do you like environmental records crickets chirping water rushing Supposed to make you horny, just make me want to go to the bathroom. Actually, this one's not bad. Check it out. So, like, what's your name? Oh, wow, that's dog.